Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text for today is from Psalm 46, verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. How many of you remember your childhoods? Do you remember the the toys or the games that you played with? Do you recall the, the people that you played with? I've been doing some, some thinking about that lately, mostly because my mom is going to be selling her house where I grew up so that she can move to be closer to our family here in town. So I've been thinking more about my childhood and the people and the things that we did in the home that I grew up in. Long before we had Atari or Nintendo, my brother and I, would, we would play with our action figures. And the best place to play with our action figures was in a fort. My brother and I became pretty good fort makers. Blankets over chairs or cushions from the couch transformed our our boring living room or dining room into a a hideaway, a a place to hide away and to play. A large cardboard box, of course, would do the trick as well. During the winter months, we would spend time outside, and when there was snow on the ground, which is basically October from May, if you're from Wisconsin, you know what I mean, we'd be trying our hands at snow forts. We'd spend hours trying to fill those, those little plastic uh, snowblock makers so that we could have an igloo. Uh, uh, but, you know, those things just never worked out quite as planned. We'd get a few layers uh, and one part of a, of, of a wall, and then we'd grow impatient. So we'd get out our shovels and start carving out a snow cave uh, in a snowdrift that was uh, by the side of the driveway. When I was a little bit older, I picked up a hammer, a nail, some nails, and some scrap wood and began to construct a more permanent fort under the stairs in our basement. It started small, but grew more complex as my skills increased. I mean, at one point, the fort had a trap door leading to a secret compartment where my brother and I, we could hide away. You know, when, when you're a child, you construct forts for your own liking for imaginative play, or a secret hideaway. A place to be with your your closest friend or shelter from an onslaught of snowballs. They are safe places, hidden away from the realities of the world around you. And though they may be temporary, you really think of the blankets being put back on the bed or the cushions on the couch or the snow melting, right? The child, the fort, had a sense of permanence because when, it comes, because when it came down, there was always a sense of loss and a sense of sadness. Well, at some point, we all mature. So, too, do the forts that we build. They become more sophisticated, more practical, and pragmatic, we might say. The forts that we construct as as adults aren't made of scrap wood, snow, blankets, cardboard, or cushions. They're made of things that give us a sense of security. We tend to think that, that these forts are going to last much longer than the ones from our childhood. Now, instead of couch cushions, well, we think about cushioning our 401ks or our savings accounts. Now, instead of scrap wood, it's the custom-made home filled with all the creature comforts. Now, instead of fluffy snow, it's the fluffy flatteries of those who speak well of you. Instead of blankets, it's the relationships that you wrap yourselves up in. 
It's not the cardboard box, but it's the job that allows you to order the contents of all of the boxes. Sophisticated, practical, and pragmatic, but nonetheless transient and fleeting in nature. Like the flowers of the field or the leaves of the tree, they're here for a time, a season, and then they are no more. When it comes to the forts of our adulthood, it's best to see them from the perspective of faith. It's best to see the forts of our construction as as a theologian of the cross rather than a theologian of glory. Martin Luther, the great reformer, wrote in his Heidelberg Disputation that a theologian of the cross sees things as they really are. We celebrate Reformation Sunday. It would be fitting that we view the forts of our making as they really are. These forts are as permanent as cardboard in the rain, snow on a summer day, or a blanket at the end of the day that needs to go back on the bed. As Christians, our eyes have been opened to see things as they are. We know that these things are not going to remain, or at least we give an intellectual assent to that fact. Yet we still try to construct forts of our own desires. We suffer grief and sadness when they come to an end, but that doesn't seem to stop us from trying, right? You know, it's not that these things are inherently evil or wrong by themselves, no. It's our use of them that is. It's when our relationships, our our reputation, our bank accounts, or our home becomes our fort, our ultimate place of security, that's the problem. It's the way that we fall into false belief that if we have these things, well, they will protect us. It's the way that we are lulled into believing that these forts will last. In Luther's small catechism, under the explanation of the first commandment, he wrote, we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. What does this mean? Well, whatever we fear, love, or trust in, what becomes the God of our worship? And if the object of our fear, love, or trust is not the triune God, the maker of heaven and earth, then we have a false God that we end up worshiping. And we know from the scriptures, and from our own experiences, that our hearts are always longing for the idols of our own creation, the false gods that we use to make our poorly constructed temporary forts. What to do? In 1517, Luther wrote these words, When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, Repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. That's Thesis 1 of 95, which Luther nailed to the church door in Wittenberg on October 31st of that same year. And Luther wasn't just making this up, he was quoting our Lord and our Master, Jesus Christ, from Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Luther is pointing to Christ Jesus, who, who endured the cross and the shame, who suffered death, and who rose victorious on the third day. Luther is pointing to your baptism into Christ and living a new life in Him. See, repent is the answer to the question. 
Repentance is what is required to begin seeing things rightly. A life of repentance and faith in Christ Jesus' work on our behalf, on the cross, is what is needed. Repentance and faith make one a theologian of the cross, where we see the good gifts that God gives as good gifts, not as idols to be worshipped, not false fortresses which we trust. There is nothing in all creation that is sufficient to be our fortress except God alone. There is nothing lasting, nothing eternal or enduring except God's Word alone. There is no salvation, no protection, and no true fortress except in Christ Jesus alone. There is no way to find yourself into this fortress but by faith alone. And if you find yourself in Christ, it is by grace alone. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, you and I are led to confess like Luther before us and the saints before him that Christ Jesus is our, our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. A mighty fortress is our God, a trusty shield and weapon. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved to the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. No, he's by, he's by our side upon the plain with his good gifts and spirit. And take they our life, good goods, fame, child, and wife. Though these all be gone, our victory has been won. Kingdom ours remaineth. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. God of Jacob is our fortress. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob, Christ Jesus himself, is our mighty fortress. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.